Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Listen again to the last part of our gospel lesson, our sermon text for today, especially the last line where this one man that was cured of his leprosy came and thanked Jesus. And then Jesus says, We're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan? And then Jesus said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is our text for this morning. Grace and mercy and peace be ours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Two things that go together, what do you think of? Uh, You know, if you're older, you maybe think of uh, Laurel and Hardy, or Abbott and Costello. Uh, Today, uh, I don't know what comes to mind to younger people today, two pairs of things. What are some Mork and Mindy was many years ago? What would be a pair of things today that immediately you connect one to the other? Uh, think of your school colors. Mine was red and white, so I think of that. All kinds of uh, combinations of things that we can come up with. Our uh, gospel lesson this morning can come up with uh, pairs of things too. There's a uh, First of all, Jesus and compassion. Those go together. Jesus showed compassion. Or Jesus and healing. Or the one that our text especially points to is our sermon theme. Faith and thanksgiving. The two go together. You can't really have true faith and not have thanksgiving. We look at our text and we see that it seems like only one person had this combination of faith and thanksgiving. And one came back to Jesus. And after he told them, go on your way, you're going to be healed, go report to the priest to have them look you over and make sure that you're free of your disease. They went on their way, they noticed they were healed, but only one came back immediately to thank Jesus. Faith and thanksgiving are absolutely linked. We remember that we can't ever truly separate the two. You might ask why. Why can't you separate faith and thanksgiving? If a person does not have faith, it is easy to see that thanksgiving might not really be expressed sincerely. People can say thank you and so on, but is it really meant if you're thanking somebody for something or are you just saying the words because you know you're supposed to 
You know, children are told to say thank you. Are they really thankful? Uh, we are told to say thank you, whether you're a young adult or an old adult or a senior citizen or middle-aged, whatever. Thank you is a very common thing that we learn how to say, but when we say it, are we really thankful? Or are we thinking, well, that's nice, but I probably should have been given more? You say the words, they don't really mean a whole lot. These ten leprous men, they, maybe when they went to Jesus and he said, go show yourself the priest, you be healed, maybe they mouthed a thank you as they were leaving. But it really couldn't have been that sincere if they see they're healed and they don't immediately come back and say in person to Jesus, thank you, thank you, and then go off to the priest. All ten were healed. Only one showed real repentance and gratitude. Why did the other nine not turn back? Well, you can imagine a number of reasons. The Bible doesn't really tell us what their thoughts were. Jesus gives an answer when he tells the man who had faith why he came back. And he says, your, your faith brought you back to me and uh, your faith now is going to uh, result in your being saved. The really interesting thing, though, is what happened to the other nine? After they went back and showed themselves to the priest, then what did they do with the rest of their lives? Were they uh, back in Jesus' company? Did they eventually go back to him and thank him? Or did they just go about their merry old way, knowing now they're healed, they could go back to more normal life? Again, we don't know what happened to them in the future. Jesus healed them, cleansed them all. The healing itself did not happen because of their faith. Uh, they came to Jesus thinking maybe uh, he'll do something for us. But their healing just required that, were, that they were sick, they were desperate, Having heard that Jesus could do that sort of thing with others, maybe they'd do it, maybe he'd do it with them too. Besides, the comment Jesus made about faith uh, was not something he made in regards to them. They didn't, he didn't say, you came to me because you had faith. No, he told that only to that one who came back and thanked him. The nine were all cleansed, but they took their religion like a lot of people take their religion today as a vehicle for something personally beneficial. People want their religion to solve their problems, make them happier, make them feel good, or tell them how to live life to get the most out of life. That's where the Christian publishing company comes up with book after book after book on how-to for Christian weight loss or how-to for 
Christian financial issues. That's not the real purpose of Christian faith. Christian faith is about our rescue from sin and death and hell. Being a Christian or believing in God is not a defining characteristic of wealth or success in the world or health or unmitigated and uninterruptible happiness in this world. Faith in the gospel and believing in Jesus Christ is the way to eternal life for it receives the blessings which Jesus procured for us through his life, death, and resurrection. Things he did for us in our place, hanging on the cross, paying for our sins. It receives the blessings which Jesus earned, and it leads to eternal life. Christians still have to deal with the world in which they live, a a sinful world. They still have to deal with an ordinary life in this world, troubles and all. We just get to have the advantage of knowing how the story ends, or maybe better yet, how the story doesn't end for us, but goes on eternally. Some of us believers will be wealthy. Some of us will be poor. Some of us will be giddy with happiness most of the time. Others will wrestle with troubles and sorrows and even depression most of the time. Some of us will be so healthy that when we die, it will be uh, suddenly with any struggles to speak of. And others will fight bad health for decades before passing on. Some of us will not have long lives at all on this earth, on this side of the grave. But every single believer has the forgiveness of sins. Each believer without fail will rise from our graves and join the family of God in paradise to sing God's praises throughout eternity. And while we live here and now, we know that God loves us and that we can call on him for help, for rescue, for strength, for comfort. Every single believer will hear hear the same message, if not in the same words, but the same message as the one in ten who returned to give thanks. We'll hear the words, your faith has saved you. Meanwhile, we are called on to rise and go our way, whatever that way might be. Now, of course, when speak of believers, I'm not talking about everyone who calls themselves a believer. Each of the leopards were believers in something. They all called on Jesus to heal them. They all followed his instructions and they headed off to show the priests that they had been healed. Even before they were cleansed, they believed or at least 
had a somewhat of a faith. Yeah, this man has healed others. Maybe he'll heal us too. The only issue is what they believed. Did they believe that their obedience to Jesus' command, that that would now save them and accomplish their healing? And so they did not dare to turn around, but they needed to obey first and foremost and go to the priest. That's a typical precept of many faiths today. People often believe that their good works and their precept of you know, doing what is pleasing to others, maybe even pleasing God, that's what gets them in good standing before the Lord. But they're wrong, just as the lepers were wrong. That's why they did not turn around. They instead wanted to show their obedience. But Jesus didn't praise them for being obedient. He praised the one that came back and thanked him. Perhaps they believed that they had already received all they could expect. They were going to be healed. All that they wanted at that time was to be healed, to be able to rejoin normal society. Many Christians seem to be looking for something that will help them overcome all obstacles in this world. But the gospel never makes that promise. Some of those obstacles are going to remain God gives us strength to endure, overcome, but we're going to have obstacles living in a sinful world. And sometimes instead of removing those obstacles, he has a better idea for us. Sometimes he teaches us patience and humility as we deal with those problems of life. The Samaritan leper discovered something wonderful about Faith, and that was that it saves. We know that too. Faith, true faith, saves. If we believe that we have nothing to worry about, but that the grave is but a door to a fuller, richer, and happier life, and all of which is true because of Jesus, then give thanks. If we believe that God loves us with a deep and powerful and everlasting love, then, you know, we just have to rejoice and give thanks. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Give thanks to God for such days every day. It cannot hurt us coming day because... God is our shield and protector. Let us rejoice and give thanks. Faith and thanksgiving go together. That is how the Lord discerned the faith of the leper that came back to him and offered him his gratitude. Thanking Jesus and praising God. He knew that he had come under the love and care of the creator of heaven and earth and that Jesus was the one through whom God had spoken and acted and rescued him. As a result, he also got salvation. You know, the other lepers, they had great healing, 
Their earthly life was now going to be better, but the sin of, or the leprosy, you could say, of sin still clung to them. The Samaritan leper was saved, cleansed of both the leprosy of his body and the leprosy of his soul. Yes, his body would die an earthly death one day, but he would live eternally in heaven. My point today is that faith and thanksgiving, they go together. They they become something very natural for us. You will want to give thanks to those who give you good gifts. Not two quarters, that wasn't much of a gift. You will want to give thanks to those who give you generously from their possessions, from their emotions. Thank them, but realize how much you have because Jesus is your Savior. Thank Him. Doesn't it make you feel good when you really think about your treatment by your loving, gracious, merciful Father in heaven. Sickness can only do so much, and then it must let go. When we die, the sickness won't trouble us anymore. Only so much can go wrong in our earthly life, and then you'll be standing with the Lord where there won't be any more wrong things that we are faced with. Even when it looks like you're beaten, you win. Because Jesus has already won and given us the victory. All that's left for us is to give thanks to God. But you can only honestly do that if you sincerely believe it. If it isn't real to you, then there will be nothing particularly worthy of genuine thanksgiving. If church, for example, is just to help you feel good, then feeling good is all that you should want. But if you know the truth, you should be comforted even when you feel cruddy, terrible, being weighed down. You should know the love of God, the love which he has for you, which gives us not just comfort, but hope, even in difficult situations. When realizing that trouble can do no real damage, you just have to give thanks. When danger cannot really hurt you, you just have to give thanks. When sickness can no longer really frighten you, you just have to give thanks. When you believe that the world is stacked to your advantage by the great love of God, you again have to give thanks. Faith and thanksgiving, they go together naturally. It's the work of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the clear will of God. This is pointed out to us in uh, chapter 5 of Thessalonians where it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Yes, 
It's like you can put together two things that just naturally, you say one, you say the other, you think of one, you think of the other. Connect always that faith that you have in your Savior with being thankful to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the great gifts he's given us. Amen. And peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.